You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Good morning, Rob. Hey, Gary, how you doing this morning? Not too shabby, man. I'm good I'm, to listen, hear. I do my best to hang in there. Every day is a struggle, but I live it one day at a time. You know, I do what I do. I, I do my best to try to get. I by. agree. You can either let all the negativity bring you down, or you can push through, and that's what we do. And we'll continue to. We're living in volatile times, as you know. No doubt about that. Unprecedented times, for sure. Well, for our lifetime, yeah. Exactly. People, people some, some of our elders maybe have lived through, you know, rougher patches historically. But, uh, you know, for this generation, it's 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 tough. You know? It is. People are still um, living at home with, with their parents, sadly. I mean, then you know, they can be on their parents' insurance until they're 26. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times they... Go through college, and you, as your parent, you say, "Well, I, I'd rather, yeah, I'll, you could stay here through college." And then eight, four years turns to six, and then you think that they would want to go out and and maybe get a home and stake a life for themselves, and then they end up staying home. Now I understand they get to save more money, but there's a point where what's the price of your independence? I mean, most people, it's priceless. You know, they'd want to go out there and start life um, immediately. And I would think that you know these are. Even in your profession, you know, as mortgage lending, I mean, you've been doing this long enough. You must see the trends and look at the charts and say, I've seen a big increase in that for sure. A lot more people that are just they're staying and living at home until they're 100 percent ready to go and buy their first home. A lot of the time I'm finding that the transitional piece is the relationship they're in. So a dual income versus single income. And once you have a situation where you have that dual income, you can combine some savings and investments, combine your income. In this market, in this day and age, unfortunately, that's what it takes to be able to to buy a home and survive. That's a great point. That's a great point. By the way, folks, uh, if you'd like to... If you'd like to obtain a free copy of a book that Rob himself authored, it's entitled... Mortgage Strategies for the New Millennium, Using Your Home Loan as a Financial Tool, um, you can do so by emailing, and I want you to pay close attention. In fact, you may even want to write this down, mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com. We'll give you all the details on that. I'll repeat it uh, more towards the end of the show. But I want you to be listening because you can obtain an e-copy of this book um, absolutely free. We'll we'll give you the details uh, coming up. we're going to talk this morning about something I have to confess to you, my friend. I know very little about, and I'm sitting here going, we've been doing this show. How long? I mean, a year, year and, and a half. half. Okay. Yep. I don't know if I've ever heard you use this term. Forgive me if I'm wrong. We've done so many of them. You may have. I may have passing. touched on it, but we've definitely never really dug in. Okay. That's what I mean. Um, jumbo loans. Yeah. Okay. So let's just start very, very elementary. What is it? What is a jumbo loan? How would you define it? Right. So a jumbo loan is what it sounds. It's a big mortgage. It's a very large loan. What defines that really depends on where you're at geographically. Generally speaking, because I know we have listeners on this show from all over the country, all over New England, all the different counties are going to have different amounts. But generally speaking, 647,000 is 
that's the line in the sand. So above that amount is considered a jumbo mortgage. In a higher cost area, like if you're out on the Cape or you're in, um, you know, California and you're in a very high cost area, it's going to be a lot higher than 647,000. In those areas, I've seen it up to 770,000 and even 900 over 900,000 in certain areas. Where is that? It's based well like for example Nantucket is oh. an area where uh, you can get those type of loans, non-jumbo, up to almost a million dollars because it's based on the housing prices. It's based on, uh, you know, what the cost is in those areas. But generally speaking, for 95% of our listeners, it's going to be a mortgage above 647000 that's going to be considered a jumbo mortgage. And what really spurred me to want to dive into this today is the fact that I have a buyer who's moving to the Northeast from the West Coast. And they're used to out there, like I was saying, you know, uh, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand isn't even considered jumbo in a lot of areas. So this person's buying a home and relocating here and just didn't know what to expect when it came to getting a mortgage like this in an area that wasn't considered really high cost. Okay. So there's a lot of navigating to do. And I know I get questions all the time. So I wanted to really do a deep dive and Bring it A to Z so that anybody that's listening here that wants to know about jumbo mortgages, what it entails, the differences, the pros, the cons, and everything in between, now you've got a resource here in our episode today. What are some of the additional requirements for jumbo loans that are, I don't know, maybe different from the other types of mortgages that you've discussed on previous shows? So jumbo loans are an entirely different animal. And we have gone so much in depth on conventional loans, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. We've done entire episodes on FHA government loans, VA loans, USDA, and non-QM loans. This is about the jumbo loans because they are so different. The requirements are I mean, significantly different. And in most cases, much more difficult to get approved on a jumbo loan. We'll talk about why here in a little bit. The The number one thing you want to know is upfront credit score requirements are going to be much more stringent on jumbo loans. The lowest I've seen recently getting approved on these is a, about a 680 credit score versus other loans, or you can go down to even a 620, sometimes lower. So you're going to need better credit. If you're looking for like the low down payment option jumbo loans, where you can put as little as 10% down in some cases, you're going to need even higher credit. Those you're really looking at 720, 740 plus credit scores. And these are the mid FICO score on a mortgage score that your lender pulls. So this isn't your credit karma score. This isn't the score you get off your Discover app or Capital One app. You actually need to get with a lender to find out what your actual mortgage score is. That's what these are going to go off of. And there's no uh, there's no wiggle room. There's no flexibility. If the mortgage requires a 740 score and you have a 738, you're two points away, it's not going to fly. You either It's black and white where you either meet it or you don't. The next thing is, before we go on, you're going to need to hire down payment on a jumbo loan. So we've talked about a lot of loans where you only need 3 to 5% down on a jumbo loan, minimum 10% down if you're going to be living in the home, 25% down for a second home, and 25 to 30% down for an investment property. And those investment property jumbo loans are even more difficult to get. So 
just think in general speaking, 10% down minimum, because most people buying a jumbo property are going to live there. There's also a lot of requirements for reserves. So with a lot of loan programs today, you don't need to show additional reserves after closing. With a jumbo loan, in all cases I've seen, you have to show that you have savings after closing. It takes away the risk for the lender if they know that you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars in an IRA or a retirement fund investment, or maybe a savings account somewhere. Those reserves are really important. Also, debt to income ratio is much more strict on these loans than other types. They want to see that the mortgage payment makes up a lower portion of your gross income than other loans do. It's manual underwriting on a majority of these, meaning that there isn't just a system that we click a button and it tells us whether it's approved. There's an actual underwriter, a real person, that's going to sit there and analyze that loan top to bottom on all these different criteria and make sure that it meets the investor guidelines. So there's less wiggle room, there's less flexibility uh, you know, with that sort of thing you want to be aware of. Also, there's a lot of additional scrutiny given on a when you're lending someone, in most cases, millions of dollars on these jumbo mortgages, there's a lot of money at stake. There's a lot of extra requirements needed specifically on the appraisal because the lender wants to know that that home is really worth what you're thinking it is or what you're buying it for. So there's going to be additional appraisal reviews done. There's going to be extra scrutiny. Um, the last one I had went through three separate appraisal reviews. They all pass with flying colors, <laughs> but it just adds a little bit of extra you know, layer of potential issues that could come up. And there's just generally, as you're hearing, a lot of different tripping hazards that you can come into on these type of loans, depending on the investor that you're dealing with and the exact type of loan. Why are the guidelines for Jumbo loan so different than regular conventional mortgages? They are so different because it's all about de-risking the, the loan. It's all about taking risk off the table. If you think about it for a second, if we're talking about a million dollars and you've got a bunch of people buying $200,000 homes with that million dollars, well, you can diversify to four or five different borrowers, different home buyers, right? If you're lending a million dollars to one person, then if that person has a job loss, if that person has some sort of medical emergency, if that person has just a loss of income assets or any of those different items, that loan could default. And that's a lot of money at risk for one investor. So because you don't have that diversification that you're able to achieve with lower amounts, these higher amounts is all about a higher concentration of risk. So it's about taking some of that risk off the table, taking as much risk as possible off the table to make sure that everything that we can do as mortgage lenders and everything that the underwriters can do, the way the guidelines are written is to make sure that there is a very, very low likelihood of a default on that loan. And if there is a default, they want to make sure that there's sufficient equity in the property, that you've got reserves, that there's some way that they can recover something and not be out all this money with no what nothing to do and no ability to recover. What are some of the pitfalls, I'll call them, that you see more with jumbo borrowers than maybe other conventional mortgages? Right. So I would say the number one pitfall that I see with a jumbo borrower is that they may have gotten a mortgage before or gotten pre-approved before and think that the process of a jumbo mortgage is going to be the same walk in the park that it would be with a regular conventional mortgage or a VA loan, for example. So they're not aware of the additional requirements and guidelines, which is why it's so important to get with a lender early on, like way before you're even ready to purchase, so you can make sure that all these things are in order. If we have a little bit of time, we 
can guide you and coach you on what needs to be done. You can get those things in play and then you can reapply, uh, you know, when you actually meet that criteria. The next thing is that a lot of jumbo borrowers, they make good money. If you're buying a, a property that's typically into the seven figures, you're going to be somebody that makes a good income from either a business or your W-2 job or investments, wherever it is that you have a large amount of income. So people like that, generally speaking, do have good credit and they feel good about where they're at financially because they have a high income. What they don't do, though, is they don't allow that professional to come in and do that pre-approval, do the coaching, go through the guidelines, make sure that all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed so that you can move forward. And unfortunately, these people have an ego to where they get told, oh, nope, you need to do this or that, or your credit score needs to be eight points higher. And they get so flustered and so uh, just pissed off about it that they take it personal. That's why, again, you want to get pre-approved up front. You want to get it done early. You want to talk to a lender as soon as you can so that we make sure that you're in the spot you think you are. If you're good, fine. Just make sure a lender also says, yeah, you're good to go. Next thing is dealing with a lender who's not an expert in jumbo financing. As you're hearing, there's a lot of uh, pitfalls. There's a lot of trip ups. There's a lot of hazards that can happen during the process of a jumbo mortgage. If you're dealing with a lender that doesn't have experience doing these on a regular basis, you're going to get tripped up. I guarantee it. It's just a matter of at what point in the process do you find out? So make sure that you have a lender that's experienced and is a true expert in jumbo financing. Talk to them about it. And make sure that's part of your initial conversation with them. And the last thing that I'll say for pitfalls that a lot of jumbo borrowers have is they're not prepared for the timelines. There's additional timelines required for the extra underwriting, the extra reviews that are done, the additional appraisal reviews, et cetera. It could be any from, I would say, one to three weeks additional. In most of my cases, it has been closer to one week, so it hasn't been a huge delay, but you want to know that up front. You want to understand and prepare for those timelines, and in a home purchase scenario, make sure your realtor is preparing for those timelines so they can structure your contract accordingly and not make you look bad when you show up at the date you're supposed to have a mortgage approval or a mortgage commitment, and you have to say to everyone, I don't have that yet. I need another week. See, if we knew up front and you had all the ducks in a row, that could be prepared for, and then everyone knows about it, and it's not a bad scenario. It's something that we can uh, you know, foresee up front. I would imagine that refinancing a jumbo mortgage would be rather difficult to do. Is that true? Or <laughs> I mean, it really just depends on the borrower and the property like anything else. If you're prepared as a jumbo borrower, if you have your credit in line, you have your reserves, all of the different criteria we were talking about that are very um, purposeful requirements when you're purchasing a property using a jumbo mortgage, most of those will parlay right over to the refinancing of a jumbo mortgage. So they're going to be looking for that reserves. They're going to be looking for the lower debt to income ratio. They're going to be looking for all those things. But I will say refinancing a jumbo mortgage is one of the most financially rewarding things that can be done. And the reason why is that the savings on a refinance of a jumbo mortgage is magnified 10x, 20x on a regular $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 mortgage. For example, if you're going to refinance to save a quarter point on your interest rate, well, on a $200,000 loan, you'll be lucky if that saves you 100 bucks a month. <laughs> if you go to a jumbo mortgage, though, someone that's borrowing over a million dollars and you're saving a quarter point in interest rate, 
All of a sudden, that barely any savings for a jumbo borrower, that turns into three, four, five hundred dollars a month. If you start looking at scenarios where you're saving a large amount on interest rate, like half a point or a point, like some jumbo uh, borrowers here in the last year or two, you're talking about potentially saving thousands of dollars a month just by reducing the interest on your mortgage. Another thing is that the cash out and debt consolidation opportunities for jumbo borrowers are huge. A lot of jumbo borrowers are business owners. A lot of them are, you know, high net worth, obviously, and they've got debt in different places. They've got potentially other loans that could be consolidated, other um, business loans, things of that nature. A jumbo mortgage, a refinance can be a huge opportunity for them. There's even more savings as we're talking about on a jumbo refinance than a regular one. And that magnifies even more on debt consolidation, cash out to buy other investments, cash out to do other things with your money that could bring you a greater return. That's just magnified even more. So as a jumbo borrower, someone that is in this realm, it's really something that you don't want to write off as too much of a pain because when you really look at the benefit that you'll receive by doing any type of refinance on a jumbo loan, it's just going to be such a huge win for you that I'll, I think it'll be found that it's well worth the time that it takes, the extra paperwork, maybe a little bit of hassle that you have to go through to save hundreds or thousands of dollars or be able to invest and do the things that you want to do to reach your financial goal for sure. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, along with uh, Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Rob Weinberg, the author of a book entitled Mortgage Strategies for the New Millennium, Using Your Home Loan as a Financial Tool. Uh, you can obtain a free e-copy of this book. Again, it's, a, it's an e-copy edition of it. It's the same book. Um, that can be emailed to you. I'll give you all the details on that more towards uh, the end of the show. Rob, maybe you can just talk about some of the different guidelines uh, to be aware of when refinancing a jumbo mortgage. I would imagine there's several of those. Oh, yeah, quite a few here. So the first thing is seasoning. So most of the jumbo investors want you to be on the title of the home for a minimum of 12 months mm. before you can use the current appraised value of that property. There are some jumbo products that allow for delayed financing, which we spoke about a few weeks ago. Um, there are some different things that can be done. But generally speaking, you're going to need to have that mortgage for 12 months uh, before you can actually move forward with a refinance. So keep that in mind. Also, on a conventional loan, we can pay off debt to qualify you for the loan, which for many people is the lifeline of how they get approved. For jumbo borrowers, typically, we're not going to be able to pay off debt to qualify. We can still pay off debt as part of the refinance, but the investor is not going to exclude that debt from your ratios, from your qualification, because in their eyes, you could just go back and rack that debt back up. You could go and charge that card back up. So they want to make sure that you're in a position that you could afford it. Um, so that's something that's very different from other types of, of mortgages we've talked about and very specific to the jumbo product. Another one is the cash out amounts. So generally speaking, you can go to 70, 75% of the home value on a jumbo cash out refi. If you have excellent credit, like seven. 40 or higher. I do have investors that'll go to 80%. 
but you want to be prepared and structure the loan typically to where it's going to be based on a lower loan to value. Of course, you're going to get a better interest rate and better loan terms the lower the loan to value is. So that's something to keep in mind too. Um, also with jumbo loans, you may be somebody that's looking at cashing out a million dollars, a million and a half dollars or more. But a lot of these investors, they have a maximum amount that they'll give you cash in hand. They don't want to give you over, for example, 500,000 in cash. The more cash they give you, the more risk it is because once that cash is in your hands, you could do whatever you want with it. And that creates a lot of risk for that lender, for that investor, because they many times don't know what you're going to do with the money. And there's nothing contractually saying you have to use it for one thing or another. So it's really, really important that you know those max cash in hand guidelines. You want to talk to your loan officer about that early in the process to make sure that your goals are going to fit in that loan product. Other loans, again, FHA, conventional VA, they don't have those type of guidelines that the jumbo products have. The last thing that I want to mention on the additional hurdles of refinancing a jumbo loan and those guidelines, it's going to be the additional reserve requirements. So mm. a lot of people only think about that in the context of buying a home, having those additional reserves. Generally, it could be like six to 12 months of your mortgage payments in the bank or in some sort of account that can be accessed that's liquid. Um, but even on a refinance, they want to see those reserves. They want to know that if you lost your job, you've still got the ability to make mortgage payments and sell the property within a reasonable amount of time. Keep that in mind. Who are the different resources? Or maybe I should ask sources. I think that'd be a better word. Mm -hmm. Who are the different sources that you would recommend for a jumbo mortgage? And and and. Let me add, why is why would one be better than, let's say, the you know, another? How do you differentiate one from the other? Right. So I've been seeing tons of posts online from mortgage brokers, from different lenders, and even from borrowers hmm. about the uphill battle that they're having getting jumbo loans. So there are very specific sources that are much better than another when it comes to these jumbo mortgages. The first thing I would say as a mortgage banker like myself, we have correspondent relationships with quite a few different jumbo investors. So if you don't fit in the box on one, we have other products that may work for you. If you go just to a bank, they may be very good at jumbo loans, and many are. They actually, many specialize in these higher net worth type of clients and these higher amount loans. But the problem is their criteria at local banks is very strict. You have to fit into the box. And if you don't, it's black and white. If you don't fit in, you're out. That's it. They don't sell the loans. They don't have other investors like we do, and they don't have other options for you. So if you're a perfect credit, a paper, tons of money, low debt to income, maybe you do fit in the box, okay? Maybe you do, but that's a very, very small amount of people. So if you're looking for the best options, you're looking for an array of different solutions for these jumbo loans, I would say a mortgage banker is gonna be your best option for that. This is one area that I don't believe brokers, mortgage brokers have the best solutions. Because of the way they're set up and their correspondent relationships or however they're uh, brokering that loan, many times you'll find that the mortgage broker is going to be priced out of the market. The pricing that they're offering you, meaning the interest rate and combination of fees and points, is going to be a lot higher than it would be with either a mortgage banker or a, or a local bank. So this is just the one area that I would say a mortgage broker is probably not somewhere that I would be checking unless all the other sources don't give you options. Uh, 
definitely not top of the list when it comes to jumbo loans. Okay, gotcha. You're um you're everywhere, man. I, I you could do a duck duck go search for you or a Google search for yep, you, and yep. you're like the number one person in Connecticut, and I think you're even nationwide. You're in the you know the, the top ten. Um, yeah, Massachusetts too. Yeah, yes, that's right. You're I mean you're really making a presence in in mass. Um, your popularity is through the roof. I I'm I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if you go national and sooner rather than later. And you're putting a ton of content out every single week. So I don't know, maybe in about a minute or so or or whatever we have, uh, a couple of minutes, because I want to talk about your book as well. Mm -hmm. How can people find you? Where can people find you online? Yeah. So really, a couple of years ago, we made a major shift and push into social media and online outlets where people could find the information and education we're putting out. I'd say the best place, if you wanna get all the most up-to-date content, video podcasts, everything that we're doing, um, I would go to YouTube. YouTube's the best place to find us. It's youtube.com slash Robert Weinberg Mortgage. Weinberg is W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G. Again, youtube.com slash Robert Weinberg Mortgage. Uh, so that's the best place. Go on there. What you're going to want to do is subscribe to the channel. Also hit the bell. The reason the bell is important on YouTube is because then you'll get notified when we put out a new video, you will get notified that there's a new video right away. So you'll be one of the first ones to actually find out. You also get notified when we're doing live tapings and you can watch them live as we record before anybody else. If you're not on YouTube or you like social media like Instagram or Facebook instead, all of our content goes out there too in bite-sized pieces. So you can go on Facebook or Instagram. We're under Weinberg Mortgage. Again, Weinberg is W-E-I-N as in Nancy, B-E-R-G, Weinberg Mortgage. Go follow us on uh, Facebook. Go follow us on Instagram. And you'll also see all of these uh, new contents coming out in your newsfeed. So you can check those out as well. You've got a book. It's entitled Mortgage Strategies for the New Millennium, Using Your Home Loan as a Financial Tool. You wrote this. This is, by the way, this is a, a this is a brand new book. This is not something that's, you know, it's been around for, you know, years or anything. I, I look at the copyright on this and I believe it's this year. You know? um, how can someone obtain a free copy of this book? I know you sell the hard copy on, a on Amazon for like 25 bucks. Yeah. But let's say somebody says, well, I don't need a hard copy. I just want to read it. Can you send me an e-copy of the book? You know, for our listeners, we've had just such a great response from the market in general. Like mm. everywhere we go, I hear from people, comments, emails, um, just everything from people loving what we're putting out. So sure. for our loyal listeners here today, I, I want to give away this book for free. It's wow. a labor of love for me. Uh, I put it out to share knowledge and share education with everyone, whether I'm your mortgage advisor or not. There's great things in here. But shoot us an email to mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com. I'm going to give out to the first five people that email. So you want to do this immediately. Do not wait. Shoot an email from your phone or as soon as you're at your laptop, mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com. Put in the subject line, free ebook, and then in the actual um, body of the email, you're going to want to make sure that you put in your name, your address, your phone number, and let me know if you already own a home or if you're looking to buy your first home. From there, we'll shoot you an email back with a PDF copy. It's unabridged, full copy, the same that you get on Amazon for $20 to $25, and we hope you enjoy it.
So again, it's Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. That's where they should be emailing you. Probably email you immediately because that's the beauty of email. You don't have to necessarily be literally in your office yep. when they contact you. Uh, speaking of contacting you, folks, if you'd like to make an appointment with Rob, that's very easy to do. Simply call him at 860-413-3938. Let me repeat that for you one more time. I'll slow it down a little bit. Write this down as well. You want to call him Monday morning. 860-413-3938. And if you want to uh, get some information, maybe poke around his website, could answer a couple of questions. Of course, it could also spark some new questions for you. Uh, simply uh, check out his website at www.robgw.com. Again, robgw.com. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast. Until next week. Have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.